Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Baptist Church. Merry Christmas to those of you that I haven't yet wished a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to those of you who won't be here next Sunday. Uh, and the very best of the season. Who is with you? Who is with you over Christmas? Uh, we have family who come and live with us over Christmas. It's absolutely wonderful. Who's with you over Christmas? We have adult children now, and they are out on their own and uh, making a life for themselves And at Christmas. Two of them actually move in with us. It costs them to do so, but they make a choice, and it's their delight to be with us, and I just love it. I love the way their presence influences everything we do. It affects our behaviors, it affects our habits, it affects uh, the movies that we watch together as family, where you can sit on the couch and where you can't, because all of the involvements of others in our lives affects things. I want to talk this morning about this marvelous truth that the creator of the universe lives with us that he lives with us. This is not a pantheistic sort of claim, a kind of philosophic idea that God is in everything because he's created it, so yeah, he's there. It's, it's not a, a sort of spiritual notion that I'm talking about this morning, that God is one great big entity, impersonal, who will absorb us all at the end of time. No, no, I'm talking about something that the Hebrews grasped to understand and explain that Jesus came to live out and to teach that God lives with us and wants to be present to us the same way my kids are living with me right now over this Christmas season. And to know that truth is such an empowering thing. If you want greater peace and greater power in your life, tell your soul God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. It's a very empowering idea. And when I say that God is with us, when I, when I see in the scriptures this claim, what excites me is that it is God's choice and God's delight to be with us. It's God's choice to be with us. The scriptures go to great length describing story after story, episode after episode, person after person, in whose experience God is present. And again and again and again, the emphasis, the focus, is on the choice that God makes. Sometimes we have this misguided notion, well, he's God, of course he has to be with me. No, actually, God chooses to be with us. You can chase the philosophic idea, you can chase the pantheistic idea, you can chase Gnosticism to its ends, but the big idea in Scripture is not that God philosophically, rationally, must be with us. It's this amazing, personal, confronting, exciting idea that God chooses to be with us. God chooses to move in to our lives, to our community, to our world, and spend time with us. In the book of Exodus, there's a 
a, a, a moment in Moses' experience, several actually, where he witnesses and experiences this. But before I talk about that, I should read our text for the morning. I've gotten away on myself. It's, it's from the book of Zephaniah, not to be confused with Zechariah. Zephaniah, Z-E-P-H, a beautiful little book, a prophetic book, a book that lands its ideas celebrating the fact that God is going to move in with everybody in his creation, with his people, Israel, with his new hope for the world. So let me read to you from uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, the, the verses 14 through 17. And notice that the paragraph that I read, which is a poetic stanza, starts with singing and ends with singing. And pay attention to who's doing the singing. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, for the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the God of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement of Jerusalem will be, cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The little stanza of poetry begins with singing and ends with singing. And did you notice who's doing the singing? At the beginning, it's us. We're singing, celebrating, praising, because we have come to know that God is with us. If you want great peace and great power in your life, tell your soul, God is with us. The, the poem ends with song, but who's singing at the end of the poem? It's actually God that's singing. It's God that's singing over us. Because God chooses to live with us, and it is his great delight to do so. God chooses to live with us. In the book of Exodus, there is a narrative where Moses is confronted by God in a burning bush. You may know that story. You can read it in Exodus chapter 3. And God asks Moses to come and lead Israel, the people of God, the, the Hebrews, out of Egypt to a land of promise. But this is, this is what he says. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That is one of the most amazing passages of the scripture. I have seen your troubles. I have heard your pains. I am concerned about your circumstances, and I have come down to rescue you. It is, it's, it's the language of choice. It's God, should, I love it when my kids ring up and say, coming home to visit, coming home to spend time. Do you realize this is what God is doing in this circumstance? This is what God is doing in our world and in our lives. He makes a choice to come and live among us. That is a mind-blowing thought. The creator of the universe wants to live in your spare bedroom. The creator of the universe wants a corner of your 
your everyday experience to be present to you and for you to be present to him. And that idea of God choosing goes on and on through the scriptures. A little later, Moses is in a conversation with God. He's obeyed the call. He's leading the children of Israel. They're out in the wilderness, and all kinds of things have happened. There have been amazing miracles. There's a parting of the sea. They come to a mountain to worship God. And the children of Israel are recalcitrant. These Hebrews are not easily led. These people want to go back to Egypt. And so God and Moses have this incredible conversation where God says... I've had it. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. It's, it's one of those amazing little passages in the Bible that you read that and you worry. You worry because you think, can God really say that? Can God really talk like that? But it's exactly the way he talks. And, and, and he, he tells Moses, I'm so fed up with these people, you're going to lead them into the promised land and I'm not going with you. And then Moses says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. It's one of the oddest little exchanges. We could plumb the depths of it theologically, but let's just stay at the level of what's obvious. God made a choice to go with his people. He made a choice to, to be among them. And God has made that choice in Jesus Christ most profoundly, most amazingly. And you see it in the Christmas narrative when we've been celebrating it together. The beginning of the book of Matthew, it, it speaks about uh, Jesus coming into the world and and he'll be known and celebrated at Christmas time as Emmanuel, which means God with us. At the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus is saying to his disciples, I want to give you this promise. I will never leave you alone. I will be with you. I will be with you until the end of the age. It is this amazing choice that God makes. The creator of the universe chooses to be with us. If you want greater peace, and greater power in your life. Tell your soul, God is with us. Don't let the pain distract you. Let the presence of God focus you. Don't let the problem distract you. Don't let the program distract you. Don't let people distract you. Focus on the presence of God. Tell your soul, God, the creator of the universe, lives here. It's God's choice and it's God's delight. And this is the part that I find quite amazing. I find it quite encouraging. I find it quite empowering. It's not just God's, God's choice, but it is God's delight. He, he wants to be with us and wants us to be with him. He wants a great relationship. He wants a kind of a, an experience where we make room for him in our lives. And he, he pours out blessing upon us. He wants, and it's, it's personal, and it's real. And I'm groping to explain it, as the Hebrews did, and as Jesus himself did. But the best I can come up with is my kids. Because I just love having them live with us. But we have to make space for them. I just love their involvement in the way they affect all our choices and decisions. 
But everything changes when the kids come and live with us. Everything changes. One of them brings a dog. That changes everything. It changes everything. And when God comes and lives with you, it changes everything. It affects all the habits, all the choices, all the directions. If, if you're really going to celebrate and experience God living with you, you need to let it affect everything. And what you need to know is that God does not come as a recalcitrant and grumpy member of your household. He chooses to be with you and he delights to be with you. He delights to be with you. The Bible is full of references to this delight, to this joy, to this celebration. And one of them is right here in the book of Zechariah. As we, of Zephaniah, as we sing to God, he sings over us. As we sing our praises, God lifts his voice and sings over us. Now that is a beautiful image. And it's worth reflecting on a little bit. Where is it that we sing over people? Well, it's the nursery mainly, isn't it? It's where we cradle the young, where we hold an infant, and where we sing a lullaby. The place where we sing over people is a place of great affection and intimacy. Remember when my kids were small, I made a decision that I was going to verbalize my love for them and express my affections in a way that I didn't experience in the family that I grew up it was a choice. And so what I did was when they were very, very small and too young to talk back, I would verbalize my love. And that's continued. Got easier and easier and easier as time went on. And when they were really little, I used to cradle them and sing over them. That's the image. That's what God does. That's what God does for us. That is his delight and his love and what the Zephaniah passage tells us. I want to read you a children's story this morning. This is a, a storybook written by Robert Munch. Uh, he's a Canadian. He wrote this uh, children's story in 1986. And when he wrote the story, he sent it off to his publisher and his publisher pushed back said, Robert, that's not a very good children's story. I, I don't think it's going to work. And so he moved to a different publisher to publish this particular book, which he would now describe as his best book ever. It's called Love You Forever. And the book has a particular appeal, and it's the story of singing over children, family, loved ones, singing over each other with love. Let me read it to you. You up for a children's story? Love You Forever by Robert Munch. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. The baby grew. He grew, and he grew, and he grew. He grew until he was two years old, and he ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves. He pulled all the food out of the refrigerator. He took his mother's watch and flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. But at nighttime, 
When the two-year-old was quiet, she opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. The little boy grew. He grew, and he grew, and he grew. He grew until he was nine years old. And he never wanted to come in for dinner. He never wanted to take a bath. And when grandma visited, he always said bad words. Sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo. <laughs> but at nighttime, when he was asleep, the mother quietly opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, and looked up over the side of the bed. If he was really asleep, she picked up that nine-year-old boy and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. The boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a teenager. He had strange friends and he wore strange clothes and he listened to strange music. Sometimes the mother felt like she was in a zoo. But at nighttime, when that teenager was asleep, the mother opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked up that great big boy and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. That teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a grown man. He left home and got a house across town. But sometimes on dark nights, the mother got into her car and drove across town, and if the lights in her son's house were out, she opened his bedroom window, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed. And if that great big man was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older. She got older and older and older. And one day she called up her son and said, you'd better come and see me because I'm very old and sick. So her son came to see her. And when he came in the door, she tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always but she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went to his mother. He picked her up and rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he sang his song, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mummy, you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of the stairs. Then he went into the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping. He picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Robert Munch, a wonderful story. 
And the little song that is repeated was a special song that he sort of wrote as a jingle, and it stayed in his mind um, through a season of pain in his life and his wife's life. They had two stillborn children, and this little jingle was something that he wrote for himself and referred to it as the song that lived in his head, but he couldn't sing it out loud. And eventually he thought, I'll put it in a children's story. And the publisher said, that's not a children's story, that won't work. But when his new publisher picked up the book, do you know what happened? He, he, he called up Robert Munch not long after the book was released, and he said, there's a very weird thing happening. He said that the retirement homes in Arizona are buying this book up by great numbers. And Robert Munch said that over the years, parents bought it for their grandparents, grandparents bought it for the children, kids bought it for everybody, and the book has sold 15 million copies because everybody wants to be rocked. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants a song sung over them. Everybody wants to know that they'll be loved forever. And that's what the book of Zephaniah says, that God delights to do, that God delights to come and live with us. It is his choice, not his obligation, not his duty, not, not something that is driven by the forces of rationality. It is God's compassion and his affection and his great delight to come into our lives, to come into our homes, to come into our worlds, and to sing over us his eternal and amazing affection. When that truth, God is with us. Hallelujah, God is with us. When that truth sinks in, it, it just affects so much in our lives. It helps us to deal with the fears and the anxieties that bubble up when that stuff is happening in your world, tell your soul, God is with us. I don't need to succumb to that. It helps us to confront the pain and the challenge and the losses and the hurts. It helps us, helps us to put into perspective the wins and the successes and the gains. It helps us to experience hope. If you want more peace, great peace, and great power in your life, Tell your soul, God is with us. It is a hallelujah truth. And it can shape everything. And when you read your Bible in 2019, notice how many times it is repeated that God was with somebody. I will be with you. God was with her. God was with him. It's there again and again and again, and whenever it is named, it is the setup for an amazing outcome, a narrative that turns direction in unexpected ways, a, 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 a plot line that, that blows your mind, a moment in someone's life that causes you to say, I want to live like that. God is with us. Hallelujah. You want power? You want peace? Tell your soul, God is is with you. The creator of the universe has chosen and delights to live with us. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, help us to take this simple truth 
and to root it more firmly, more powerfully in our lives. Help us, Lord, to tell our souls this truth, to declare it, to sing it, to shout it, to sew it into the fabric of our everyday thinking, because it changes everything. God is with us. Help us, Lord, when we face fears, to speak this wisdom to our souls. Help us, God, when we are uncertain what to do, when we know we've made a bad decision, when we know we've hurt others, when we know that we need forgiveness, to call out to you and to welcome your forgiveness and to declare God is with us. When we are lost, help us, Lord, to tell our souls that the creator of of the universe lives with us. Such promise, such hope, such wonder, such joy. Father, I pray for all who hear this prayer this morning, God, that you would give to us great peace. We need peace in this world of turmoil. We need peace in the midst of our our challenges and the confusions that uh, so easily overtake us. We need peace so that we can be ambassadors of peace to others. And so we declare to our souls, God is with us. And pray to find greater peace, Lord. Give us peace. May we be the people of great calm in the midst of the hurricane of experience around us. And we pray this morning for great power. Divine power. Power that glorifies God. Power that transforms families and heals marriages and wins justice, power that elevates truth and heals brokenhearted souls and puts a smile where tears have been, divine power that changes things and brings your kingdom and creates a new heaven and a new earth. Oh God, we need to know that power in our daily experience. And so we declare to our souls, God is with us. Every day, hour by hour, as often as we drift, we declare to our souls, God is with us. God is with us. Hallelujah. God is with us. Amen.